Welcome everyone to On Podcast, yeah, Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff. This time on a podcast. Uh, my name is Green Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen. I promise you, we're all Microsoft. I know uh, some of you uh, might not have enjoyed the Google one earlier in the week. Yeah, so hopefully we can wheel you back in with all this Microsoft discussion. Uh, we will be talking specifically about uh, privacy concerns with ChatGPT and how Microsoft plans to address them. Uh, we'll be getting into, and that's kind of our major topic, just some updates on that. Uh, we'll be also talking about in the headlines, uh, uh, Asus is uh, launching the ROG Ally uh, and what kind of details and information we know about that so far. We'll also be going back to being chat a little bit because uh, we're going to use new APIs for publishers, which will allow them to advertise. We'll see how Microsoft plans to make money on this whole, you know, adventure with uh, AI. Uh, then we'll be talking about the Xbox Series X and S Seagate expansion cards getting a price cut. And maybe hopefully this is a sign that uh, we're not hopefully, but we're maybe nearing the end of this life cycle for the console generation. And they're just saying, hey, get as much storage as possible, get the most out of your, your purchasing power. Uh, we'll also be talking about Microsoft uh, getting ready for some major improvements for the widget panel. Uh, some some big things are in store and what actually might be announced to build regarding this. Uh, then we're going to be jumping over to Stardock, uh, which announces Group B2, uh, and you kind of go into some details about that. Then we're uh, finishing up with some information about Redfall, which may be contrary to what we said about last week, so stay tuned. Uh, with all that being said, let's get into our opening discussion, shall we? Let's do it. Sweet. Starting off, uh, Microsoft's working on a new version of ChatGPT to address privacy concerns. So there will be essentially two platforms for Microsoft's ChatGPT services, one for us normies who apparently don't care about privacy as much, and another one for businesses and businesses that need to be much stricter with the privacy concerns like banks and financial institutions or whatnot. And uh, based on, I believe, information that we're getting from... Da, 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 uh, CNBC, we're seeing that Microsoft is uh, working on a new version, a custom-made service for the new privacy-sensitive version that can cost up to $200 uh, or more for people to use, which is about 10 times more than the current ChatGPT Plus version, which is priced at about 20 bucks. The new version is expected to attract many big tech and banking organizations that are currently restricting employees from using ChatGPT. So uh, if you have been put on the no-use list, maybe this version of it will allow you to again this is probably going to be more like co-pilot ish versions of the uh, service uh where it's you know strict functionality uh very limited in scope and in responses uh and, and in prop uh, uh ingestion as well uh in addition to creating a new version of chat gpt open ai is taking steps to establish trust with customers when it comes to security of their information. Open, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman informed that uh, informed CNBC that the company will no longer utilize customer data to train uh, GPT-4. He explained that customers have expressed their desire for their data not to be used for training, and as a result, OpenAI has altered their plans to respect their wishes. The new version is expected to launch soon. It'll be interesting to see just how the market kind of receives the AI platform and how it continues to develop. But what are your thoughts about there being a consumer version of, of ChatGPT and a business security version that costs more money? I think there has to be. Number one, in anything from your your cell phones all the way to, you know, your your 
Office 365 services or Microsoft 365, there's always a consumer version and then there's always that version that costs a little bit more just because it's got the business label on it. But I think, you know, business security right now is at a, at a top priority. I mean, hackers and data leaks, you know, are happening to some of our biggest and most, well, you know, some of our companies that appear to be some of the biggest and the most reliable. I think you've almost got to just for data security. Now, pricing, you know, there there might be some discussion there or some businesses that say, hey, you know, we're not going to pay for that. But I think once they find that they're getting some use out of it to justify that investment, they'll jump right in. Yeah, well, uh, I guess my roundabout question is, shouldn't the entire service be secure versus saying, now I, I get it that, you know, you're probably going to talk about the finances, financially speaking, but, you know, I, ideally we should all be using a very safe and secure version. I, I, I totally agree. Now that, that, that does kind of throw me a little bit, but I kind of, you know, took your first question and divided it up as in, sure, if I'm, it should all be secure, but if I'm transfer you, you know, using chat GPT for, Medical data, which is, you know, got to be HIPAA compliant or banking is using it. I think that extra level of security, you know, this is debatable. Maybe we should all have the same security, but I think for some things, that extra level of security is something that's expected to be there. And I think Microsoft is saying, yes, we're going to provide that. And that's a way for us making revenue. Now, I think, like I said, we can argue that maybe all security should be the same. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I mean, we're going to be keeping an eye on this. Microsoft said it should be coming soon. Uh, or speaking on behalf of ChatGPT, just to be clear that this is ChatGPT uh, or OpenAI's ChatGPT making a secure version, which I believe Microsoft will then leverage in its own products as well. But uh, we will um, keep an eye, I guess, keep an eye on it and let you know how this works in Microsoft's favor or to its detriment, depending on how purchasing and sales go for this thing. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to move on to our headlines. Uh, I'll let you open up with. Well, let's just jump right in and have a little fun. The Asus Ally, which is supposed to be the Steam. Let me make sure I say this correctly because I get it crossed up with Stream Deck. Um, <laughs> that is supposed to compete with the Steam Deck is up for pre-order finally and is launching June 13th. As of right now, the only place you can get that is at Best Buy. And I checked right here before the podcast. The pre-orders are still open. Um, it's a $6.99 device with a $5.99 device coming Later, supposedly, you will see that one is not up for pre-order. Supposedly, the 599 device is a little less CPU and maybe a little less um, quality screen. But from what I have seen on the reviews, uh, even you know Linus Tech Tips, he gave it pretty much a raving review last night in his video review. And you know Linus doesn't give a lot of people good reviews over anything that that are that spectacular and i'm excited to see what it is i think there's some pros and cons between the 
Steam Deck and the Asus ROG Ally, but it's another handheld device. This one is Windows powered. You can get to a Windows desktop. So I had seen a rumor that maybe Microsoft is working on a gaming interface or a handheld interface for Windows. I don't think Asus is coming out with this without knowing what version 2 might look like. So I think it's something we need to keep an eye on. This could be something something cooking. If Asus has got one, I'm sure there's going to be a competitor now who's going to be next. Yeah, this is interesting. The space seems to be heating up with more handheld PC gaming-esque uh, uh, devices. We think you and I mentioned a few weeks ago about Microsoft at least pursuing, we don't know if they're doing, but we think they should pursue a Windows 8 approach to uh, desktop gaming, saying having a touch-friendly or at least uh, action pad slash directional pad control-sensitive UI built on top of, uh, you know, as, as an opening layer for people to access your games and some minor settings, and then maybe having the full Windows underneath or whatever lighter version, Core OS version of Windows 12 or something that's coming in the future underneath to do all of the heavy uh, specifications that people want. Uh, if they're going to start, you know, if this does catch fire, if, if this PC handheld gaming sector does. Now, again, this could be all experimentational. This could be another version of Windows tablets where we do this for about five years and people kind of give up on it. Who knows? But uh, like you, I'm also interested uh, because uh, you know, I would like to play games on something other than my Surface Duo when it comes to handheld. Well, I think I think the big thing is here is as I've I, as I have watched some of these early reviews come out, you know, people are showing that the Ally does XCloud for Xbox. It also does PC gaming. It also runs the big screen version of um, Steam very well and. They seem to have their own launcher through Armory Crate running on top of Windows to make things a little easier to navigate. But here's one thing that I haven't seen yet that I think is going to be the kicker. A lot of people play just multiplayer games these days. You're playing with somebody, you're interacting with somebody, and while there is headphone ports on this device and USB-C, are people willing to throw a headset in a bag and carry their whole setup with them or is okay I'm on a plane or I'm on on a bus or on the subway I've got my handheld here and they play you know a single player game or some type of um, quest game where they can just sit there and play and being able to communicate you know isn't all that important I don't think I don't think it'll do well unless you can pick up I hate to say it, Call of Duty, the Call of Duty, the Battlefields of the World, those popular AAA titles and sit down and play them. Play them with your friends while you're, you know, laying in bed at night. Get in a 30-minute game, put it on a nightstand, you're done. If it doesn't do that well, I don't think it will be something that lasts. I think people are going to buy it, find out what it doesn't do, if it doesn't hit those expectations, it'll stop there. All right. Uh, our next topic is ads are coming to Bing chat apps uh, through new APIs uh, for publishers. I think there was released earlier this week. Um, 
let's see. Yeah, earlier this week, the company announced the release of Chat API for publisher apps and online services. It is designed to help users to customize their chat experiences. That means that users will be able to select and format based on their preferences. What's more, they'll also get to pick the ads that are featured on the platform for more engagement from the audience. Uh, what does the new API mean for advertisers? Well, while the tool will allow publishers to curate a unique chat experience for their audience, Microsoft has indicated that uh, it will continue to make use of some outcomes-based metrics that is used for ads across the service and products. Quote, our goal is really to focus with publishers on the monetization piece and to be experts uh, to be the expert there and for them to uh, bring to the table what's going to be best for the audiences and create best overall experiences, says corporate VP of Microsoft Advertising, uh, Kaya Sansbury Carter. Uh, as we had mentioned um, during our Google I.O. thing, which you can kind of go uh, check out that video, um, there's going to be a spot for advertising for these new chat apps. Uh, Microsoft's going to want to make money because uh, they're also making money licensing uh, from ChatGPT, but you know they also make money within Bing itself and their own Microsoft advertising platform. So uh, seeing these new APIs come out is not new, shouldn't be a shock. Uh, where they decide to put place these ads will be of uh, you know the utmost concern for anybody who's using the service we see that with Google they introduced it in the like find out more section so if you are let's say uh, searching for ways to reduce your carpet footprint and it gives you a list of you know walking routes or suggested uber travel or uh, you know train routes and things like that uh, when you do this search more you might also find uh, ads for electric bikes and things like that that's where people will who are advertisers will start to see their value from these services and i suspect the same will be similar for microsoft what are your thoughts on that gotta have ads you know especially for the ai functions that we've got coming up and i think you know it's going to be up to advertisers as with anything else you know now in the current google you you know pay a certain amount and you rank you may be top rank in where you show up in google results or bang, or bang results even and you know people it, it's going to get in people's way the same way ads always do but i think you have to remember i saw something and we may have reported on it i don't remember if we did or not that the number of gpus that bing is having to use and implement to keep Bing chat running comes at a cost. So you're going to have a choice here. Do you want to pay to use Bing chat, period? Or do you want to subsidize that with ads? I mean, it, it's a pick your poison. I think advertisers are going to get creative. Uh, Kareem, I know you work in marketing advertising. I think advertisers are going to get creative. And we're going to find what works. What's the balance between everybody making a dollar plus making the ai responses what people want them to be it's not going to surprise me if you don't start seeing ads baked into the responses like okay you give six lines of text or six lines of a response drop an ad give six more lines or whatever but i think you know it's got to be monetized it's got to be paid for yeah uh what's our next headline see we're going to stick on the gaming topic a little bit because this is something that interests me and i know it will interest a lot of our other gamers out there those seagate memory expansion cards have finally come down in price they were 
the one terabyte started at 219 you can now get that same one terabyte for 149 you can get the 512 gig for 89.99 and you can the the two terabyte is still a little pricey the two terabyte is 279 but you have to remember for example the new star wars jedi game is is 135 gigs right off the bat so if you've got a xbox series s like i do you get two maybe three games on it i think at times i have squeezed you know maybe four games on mine when one is small so you've kind of got to have these expansion cards i will throw in there that the rumor has not gone away that if you want to hold on for a little while that western digital has supposedly struck a deal with xbox and will be coming out with some cheaper storage options so if this is still a little high for you maybe hang out a few weeks and see what western digital has to offer i know there was a skew up on bestbuy.com that was taken down uh I, we we talked about it in a podcast i guess two or three weeks ago so i think the device is out there just keep a watch out yeah uh, moving over to windows news microsoft is reportedly getting ready to bring major improvements to widgets on windows 11 uh, and this might be in the wake of news about windows 12 so who knows maybe the widget improvements will be finalized in windows 12 but uh at least as far as what we know uh we're seeing that uh, our friends over at windows central uh had some people who tipped them off uh, i believe it's in a reddit thread as well um that are talking about some of the upcoming additions to widgets which uh include pinning widgets to the desktop um i don't know how exactly that works we used to have widgets on the desktop and its own widget panel so to speak, back in Windows 7, I believe. Uh, I believe there's a little bit in Windows 8. Uh, so it looks like the functionality might be coming back. There's also going to be a widgets panel uh, update, which will include uh, or at least feature new features um, that should allow, I guess, uh, widget buttons in the taskbar uh, when the when the panel comes across. The company is also making significant change, changes uh to the way we pick widgets as well so that you know that should be uh easier as well they're going to be expanding the widgets library so you can uh you know i think right now they've added like facebook there's spotify there's messages so we'll see um who what other third parties they're allowing into the widgets panel uh which because again that could be very big um allowing widgets to be pinned to the taskbar uh which is another kind of cool feature i guess uh that should be coming uh, there's going to be updates to the full screen mode and the way that we navigate it for touch and for people uh, that need accessibility uh, assistance or whatnot. Now, uh, we expect that there's gonna, there could be widget news at build uh, this year. So in about two weeks or so, uh, well, Microsoft could be dedicating uh, some time during its keynote uh, to this. But we do know that there's at least a dedicated session uh buried in the you know list of sessions for when uh for build 2023 so stay tuned if you are anticipating more functionality out of the out of the widgets panel uh if you're not i should have told you to skip forward about a minute and a half <laughs> uh but like i said we're, we're looking forward to it. i think you can start testing some of this new stuff in various channels the dev canary and uh uh release channel as well so uh you can go get your hands on it what's our next update Let's see, we've got a little software news from me right now. We've got Groupie. 
Groupie 2 from the guys over at um, Stardock. And if you're not familiar with Stardock, um, a lot of people are familiar with windows blinds that they make. And we covered um, late last year, and I think we covered it again early, earlier this year. They make little tools that allow you to customize windows in ways that Microsoft does not ship in the box now groupie 2 here is pretty interesting i've had a chance to play with it for about a day day and a half so imagine that you're a finance person and you've got your word documents maybe you've got your excel spreadsheets maybe you've got your own number crunching software and in order to start your work day you have to have those apps open or if you're the developer same thing you know you get your developer stack open with groupie you can take those and you can put them together in tabs look kind of like your web browser experience and then you can take that group it's the name groupie and pin it to the taskbar and then all you have to do to start your apps is click the icon on the taskbar and Groupie automatically fires those apps up. So, you know, maybe for a single app user, not so cool. But I know for me doing some development work, some design work, it, it's been pretty cool to just be able to tap that and see all my daily necessities open up right in front of me without having to find each one and open each app individually. Sounds cool. I'm going to wrap up with some good news, I suppose, uh, out of what was bad news last week. Uh, we railed and went on about Redfall and how Redfall is the downfall of the Xbox, so to speak. Um, now with a, you know, we're not doing 30,000 foot view, but maybe six foot view. Uh, Redfall reportedly had a strong launch in spite of poor critical reception. Uh, Redfall's May 2nd launch has been kind of the hot topic uh, amongst all kind of YouTubers. And I'm sure there's still people pointing out all the rarities and oddities for, for the bugs and things that need to be fixed for it. Um, but it seems that uh, despite, you know, Phil Spencer, Kind of falling on the sword for the game's development and everything uh there's a report coming from um true achievements uh which is saying that redfall had the second biggest xbox game launch in 2023 at that point uh, and second only behind uh that of atomic heart and for the week ending in may 7th redfall was the third biggest xbox game in terms of total gameplay time and that only comes behind call of duty modern warfare 2 which is uh which is in second place in fortnite taking the lead in the category no doubt that you know the launch was fumbled that it was botched that the release should have probably been held back i don't know how long you know six months at the minimum based on reviews or whatnot but it seems that you know there was at least initially a lot of interest now uh this could also be because you know it's on uh game pass so you know who knows who paid actual 70 dollars for it versus who's just you know paying their normal i think 15 16 bucks a month to try it out but uh so again it's it's good that you know there were a lot of people interested in it that people at least tried to play it over that first weekend uh now i don't know if this is now a bad thing for it, a double-edged sword where it leaves a bad taste in more people's mouth than the people who, you know, the small grouping of people who might have just paid 70 bucks for it uh, and might be more committed to it. Now people are going to potentially be more doubtful of first-party releases on Game Pass uh, with Redfall being, you know, the last experience they had. 
what are your final thoughts on this? I think, unfortunately, that the numbers are, you know, the, the title was in the media, the, the name Redfall was out there. So there's this, you know, reflex to push the button. Let me see what, you know, Redfall is all about. I say give it two weeks and look back at those numbers. Unfortunately, in my opinion, you're going to find those numbers to be not nearly as good as they were at launch time because of all the issues. And if the game was not on Game Pass, I'm going to have to say it. I'm afraid it would be a very quick flop because there there's no that I have seen there's no really positive reviews out there about it so before somebody had spent 70 bucks to go buy it or you know put their card in the Xbox to download it I don't think you know there would be many sales so I'm thinking you know there's the marketing the name Redfall kicked in well let me download this and check it out it's free for me to download because I'm a Game Pass member let me let me see those numbers in two weeks. Let me see those numbers in 30 days, assuming the game doesn't improve quickly. And, and then let's talk about how successful, you know, what's the replayability of Redfall? And I don't I don't think that's going to be very high. I hate to hate to be the bad guy there. No, I agree with you. And uh, my last note is that it's a bit of a silver lining for Game Pass in general. It just kind of shows the network effect of of the service and how it's able to kind of push what ostensibly was a very bad game uh, hopefully microsoft doesn't have too many of these because that like we said will work in reverse where people would just be doubtful of the service if you can get another hi-fi rush type of game or um i forget another launch that they've had on there um with those kind of you know positive reviews it just goes to show like the potential uh, for pushing games as a developer, big or small, on the platform. With that being said, uh, we'll let you guys actually, if you haven't tried it out, go try it out because uh, it's still on the platform. It'll be there for a little bit. Uh, we don't know when the next big fix is coming, but um, hopefully they're working on it. Uh, so we're going to let you go for the weekend. We want to thank you for joining us uh, for as long as you did. Go play your games, go enjoy your day off or, or whatever, go do some laundry, whatever you're going to do besides listening to us. Uh, where can people find you if they still want to listen to you? I hope they still do. Uh, David PAJ1978 over on Twitter. And I would like to throw one thing out there for those that celebrated a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and those that have to be mothers that maybe don't carry the official motherly title. Thank you for all you do and allowing us to do, to, to do this and have some fun. Agreed. Uh, you can find me at Mindhead One, uh, where I probably won't be doing any public pronouncings of Mother's Day, but uh, for all the mothers of any shape or form, uh, we do appreciate you. And thank you also for listening. Uh, and if you're not listening and there's someone who's listening on your behalf, go thank them for us. See you right. guys later. Have a good weekend, folks.